Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 120, a very nice round number, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined by... Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski, a Game Cola staff member and social media trash queen. It's me, Alex Jedi Jidrizek, you know, that guy. I used to take care of the podcast. I also take care of the website. In fact, I'm uh, editor-in-chief. And John Rizzi, uh, Gingola's uh, video creator, even though I haven't made a, a video in a, quite some time. Jetty, you don't yourself, introduce yourself as the Jeditor in chief anymore, and I want to know. I want to know what's going on with that. Is there some? Do we need to talk about something? Is everything okay? I, I guess uh, you know. I, I don't want it to get stale. You know. Okay. I, I gotta. Fair. I gotta pepper it in sometimes, but uh, you know, I don't want to always come you know hard with the. It's me, Jedi, the Jedman, Jedrizak, your Jedder in chief, <laughs> Jedding it up at Jed Cola. Good old Alexander Jedman. Um, all right, so it's time I to like talk the sound about of Jed things Cola. Jed on Cola. the podcast. No. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, I'm excited for. I don't know about you guys, Stardew Valley multiplayer. Yes, finally. Sure. You might not have heard about this. Um, I, I missed it. Like, a whole day went by and I didn't know about it. I think I started uh, hearing more about it once it started gaining traction. I don't know if they did a huge press release on it because it is a beta. You kind of have to do some fancy folder stuff to get it to work. It doesn't work with mods or anything. But, like, it's not like an update that you download so much as it is, like, a folder that you can do and it changes your game and does stuff like that. So it's not, like, an official multiplayer release. And it's only on the computer um, through Steam. I think if you got the game through GOG, that is also coming. That'll also probably have come out by the time this podcast goes up, or at least soon after that, because it said like in a few days the last release I read. But it's really interesting. Um, I've watched some playthroughs because I have not had time to play it myself because it is May and it is exam times, so um, things are a little hectic over here. But from what I've seen, uh, it's interesting. You can have uh, four players. Basically, what happens is, um, if you don't know, Stardew Valley, an independent uh, sort of farming simulator, very, like, that's the sort of core, but there's a lot of other stuff that you do. Um, If you've ever played Animal Crossing or, uh, I know of other games. Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. Yeah, that was another one. Um, There's also, like, something story, I feel like. But Uh. any games where you farm, if, if you've played any game where, like, you farm, like, and you know that there's other stuff that you do besides farming. It's like that. Um, it's independent. It was made by mostly one guy. And then, like, for the final release of the game, he, like, uh, partnered with, like, a small studio to get some of, like, the last little things. And he's been working with that studio, Chucklefish, um, to get this multiplayer out. Because it's something that he wanted in the original game, but it was just out of the scale and scope of what he could do by himself. Um, but so it's a, you know, farming and other stuff. Uh, but what happens is on your farm... In the single-player game, you get one house, and that's just your house. Um, in the multiplayer game, there's still, like, a host, I guess, like the person who lives in the main house, even though mechanically I don't think it does that much. You're just the person who starts the game. But then there's also four other houses scattered around the farm that other players will go into if they join the game. So you can join at any point. There is a way that you can switch people in and out, I think, but you have to, like, really mess around with file folder stuff, so you might have to be a little tech-savvy to get that to work without breaking everything. But it is possible to switch players out, but only four at a time. And, like, you share uh, other details in case you're interested. You share money. Which is actually awful. Yeah, it is awful. I mean, like, you get twice... I, I think early game is when it's the worst. Um, I think as the game goes on and there's more stuff to do at one time, I think that will it actually becomes more of a benefit because you can do more at once. Um, but at the beginning, yeah, like, you just... There's not a whole lot that having two people helps with. Fun fact, if uh, one person buys a backpack, they are the only one who gets the backpack upgrade. Like nobody else can buy it? No, they can. You're just now but short they... that money because the other person already bought it because you wanted to test and the test did not go as you thought it would. I'm but a little bit. Everyone can still buy backpacks. They just yeah, have to you do can it still buy the backpacks. You just—it's it, just beginning of the game, and it's harder to get money. Mm-hmm. Also, I was the only one helping on the farm, and everyone else was running around. So wait, how? So how far did? Because I only saw like a couple of early playthroughs that didn't show a lot of the game. So like, um, the only other thing I know is that like 
obviously like the money that you get from quests like goes into the general money pool but like mm -hmm. i knew that like the meet people quest it, like at the beginning of the game one like interacting with the people in the town is like a big part of stardew valley so at the beginning of the game it tells you to meet everyone in town and i know that everybody doing that is a separate challenge for everyone yep you, each person has to meet everybody for everybody to get that bonus um the other thing is that uh cut scenes and pausing no longer pause the in-game clock so every day is 15 i think it's 15 minutes as opposed to 15 minutes plus however long you spend in cutscenes and menus. So that's important. Uh, also, if everyone else is in a bed and one person is not, the time will run out. And even if you're in a bed, it'll everybody will like pass out at 2 o'clock if, if one person is still out. I don't think it really did anything to us, to those of us who were like in bed. And it was like the second day of play, so like we didn't have anything to take. So we're not really sure mm. if, if anybody will like steal from you or take money from you didn't really get a clear answer on that if you're out doing nothing and the rest of you are sitting in your house sleeping like good children um you can actually regain energy if you go and take a nap now like you can just oh, lie in a bed and you'll regain energy so here's a question does the clock like stop when everyone like when no one is playing is that how it works i'm not sure like if i went on and played by myself on a group server or whatever it would advance the clock even though nobody else was playing on it i'm pretty sure yeah yeah because um i quit early and everyone else was playing just fine and like they got through a season but i'm guessing once everyone if when nobody is playing the clock does not advance because yes. that would not be super fun that would be terrible i'm pretty sure as long as the host is there like the game will go on uh, the other thing, so the, the multiplayer is planned to come out to the other consoles. I know there's a lot of people with Switches who have Stardew Valley on that. And I think, I think you can get it on other consoles. But it is intended to come out for everything. They're just beta testing it on PC. They promised that PC would get it first. But once the beta is done, um, I think the others will follow. The only other thing I think to mention about it is that there is also some other just like base new game content. Like unrelated to the multiplayer that's in this beta. So even if you're not interested in multiplayer, you might want to check out the beta to see what new stuff there is. I don't, I'm not going to go and just list everything that's new in the game, but that is something to look out for. Speaking of other new things, uh, John, yes, you were up to date on current gaming news and watched the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Yes. The new one. Trailer 3 for Red Dead Redemption 2, the third ga game in the Red Dead series. Wait, third I, game? I'm not sure about that, Wait, though. What? Uh, yes, actually. The first game was called Red Dead Revolver. It came out for the original oh. Xbox. Okay. So it's the third game in the Red Dead series, but it's the second game in the Red Dead Redemption series. And you thought Final Fantasy was confusing. <laughs> so I we did a whole podcast about it, so I'm going to try to remember, even though we didn't know um, anything about it. So, uh, let's see. Uh, there's trains. I remember there was a yeah. train. And none of them, unfortunately, none of them are Thomas the Tank Engine. Do, 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 yeah, that do, was going to be my first do, question. Do, do. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, no, in this trailer we got a, a better look at the story, which is basically, um, it, it really illustrates the end of the Wild West era, which is weird because it's a prequel to the first game. Because we see a quick image of uh, the protagonist in the last game, named John Marston, which very, very quickly is like a teaser, but the protagonist is Arthur Morgan. And as a depiction of the end of the Wild West era, basically all the law is going to, is pretty much trying to end the, any outlaw gang, gangs that are in the Wild West. And basically it just looks like a big, big, good old fashioned Wild West tale of... Trying to steal as much as you can while making your choice choice and uh, to be lawful good or chaotic or chaotic evil, <laughs> that kind of thing. We didn't get any gameplay. This was all story based. So there was no there was no gameplay. No. Okay, I was gonna ask about that. Was gonna be my next question. So I've you've ruined me, John. I'm, I'm what sorry. What are you gonna do now? The uh, podcast is over. Uh okay. Bye. Welcome uh, no. to the Thomas uh, the Train. So, uh, for, for people who haven't played any Red Dead games, any games that are red or dead, um, uh, can you can you explain what, uh, I guess Red Dead Redemption in particular, um, and then like maybe like what you might expect 
they might change in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been Red a Dead long Redemption time. came out a while ago. Long time. Um, yeah, basically, uh, Red. if you don't know, Red Dead Redemption 1 is a sequel to Red Dead Revolver. And it was, basically, it's GTA in the Old West. So uh, you you ride around on, hor- on horses, uh, steal shit, um, just go... Uh, <laughs> Um, if we go from towns, some towns are more are more uh, lawless than others. So you can you can get away, you can do favors for people, or you can steal other stuff. Um, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, no, it's just really fun time in the old west. It looks really impressive. And the uh, trailer for the new one, uh, what really struck me was the um, facial animations, because I'm not sure if anyone here has seen any footage from the new uh, Injustice Two fighting game from. Last year, I believe, still going strong now, but the facial animations in in that game is it's it's like muscle perfect, and this it's the same thing here where the movements of the of the faces don't look video gamey anymore; they look real, which is scary to me. Is it like motion tracked? Like yeah, it's it's the motion capture on them is way more advanced than anything we I've ever seen. Okay. So, so it's it's like the same technology they used in L.A. Noir, but like better. Oh yeah, like a thousand times better. Let's say the motion capture for L.A. Noir had maybe like seventeen dots on the motion capture actor's face. This one probably has like close to two hundred. Okay. So in case people are wondering and didn't want to, were too lazy to Google it themselves. Uh, the original Red Dead Redemption came out in two thousand ten. So eight years ago. Eight years. Okay. Yeah, and I was literally looking through the article to see when it when it said that. I'm just like, oh, I can't find it. <laughs> Which is a long time. Yeah. Like, what, the uh, had the Wii U even come out yet? I don't think the 3DS had come out yet. No, it didn't. Like, that's like an entire generation ago, almost. Maybe, maybe just, maybe, yes, an entire generation ago. So, like, but, like, I mean, like, skipping an entire generation. I don't know. We're kind of in a weird space right now with the Switch, I feel like, and then... I feel like Xbox and PlayStation 4 have just been kind of like iterating on their current one and they haven't really come out with like this is the next console. Uh I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. I guess we'll see this summer with E3, which you'll get Game Cola coverage on just like we, we do when that happens. Expert E3 coverage. <laughs> and for those of you that want to play the um original Red Dead Redemption, um um, and don't want to dig up your old Xbox 360 or PS3, it is currently backwards compatible on the Xbox One X, if you have that. For, um, it, and it'll run at a higher resolution and features other graphical improvements, which is mm. currently being marketed as the definitive way to play Red De- the first Red Dead Redemption. So if you bought any previous version, uh, that's not definitive, apparently, <laughs> according, <laughs> according to Rockstar. So... John, yes. what do you think? What do you think is going to be different about this? What do you think they're going to change? I really like, want to see an expansion on the combat system, personally, and maybe the horse, the horse riding system, because in the first game it was kind of hard to get used to, because you had to keep tapping. It's not. It wasn't like in uh, in Zelda where you have to keep hitting the the uh, carrot button, as I like to call it, to to um, keep up speed. You actually have to. It's you have to keep pressing it and it'll keep going faster and faster, but then you also lose the ability to turn. Um, I kind of wanted to see that more refined, maybe a little more user friendly, and I wanted to see an expansion on the combat system because the first Red Dead game had this really cool, little, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a hit, Hitman style type thing where you literally slowed time slows down in front of you. You move the cursor to lock onto where you want to shoot, and then when you hit the button, it goes bam, 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 bam. <laughs> And like hits dead, dead where you aimed. It was cool. It was cool back then, the first game. But I kind of want to see it a little more refined, a little more easy to use. And I'm sure it'll have like way better animations than it did in the first game. Yeah, I think it'll have to update those things because I mean we've already had like two pretty big open world games have pretty well defined horse and combat mechanics. Like I would say like uh, Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, in Horizon Zero Dawn, it was not horses, it was robots. But, like, basically yeah. the same thing. Uh, it, it's going to have to at least keep pace with that. Because um, I think Red Dead Redemption itself very much sold itself on being, like, a really solid open world experience. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think it can carry itself on that merit alone anymore because big open world experience is kind of the bread and butter of the AAA games industry right now. Maybe in part response to the success of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to like look at some timelines of game releases to like say that definitively, but I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if its success played a part in why like so many more games now like try to have an open world basis even if they have actually linear like narrative structure and gameplay (laughs) structure yeah that's kind of that's kind of one thing i want to i kind of want to see also is like how it changes the open world from the first from the first game to this game because i don't know why but the first red dead game didn't feel so open world to me it basically felt like Here's a town, and then here's a path that leads to the next town. Sure, you can go anywhere between the paths, but there's not much there. So it's like, why would I want to leave those paths, basically? So I, here's, I'm hoping in this game it'll have like more stuff to do like outside the towns and outside the designated pathways where you can ride the horses. I don't know, maybe some more secrets or more side missions or, or, or quests in, that, in those areas. I'm kind of interested in the, uh, the talk of open world and how um, it was just like bright you know brilliant beacon of uh new gaming technology that everyone was like whoa man it's gonna revolutionize everything and then like what no man's sky how did everyone like that (laughs) (laughs) everyone's favorite james is the one i think who said like once it got updated and like once you like really look at it for what the game is trying to be past what they marketed it as it's actually a fairly solid game but yeah like that's definitely like at least from marketing, it that was like the culmination of like open world as a buzzword. Yeah, I guess um, there there's two things that kind of hit me is uh, there's this weird trend of every game has to be open world and every game has to have like a um a crafting system and there's this like trend. I actually read an article recently that kind of puts the blame on uh, Dragon Quest Eight. The, uh, the one for PlayStation 2, is that, like, it boasted that it was, like, uh, you know, a traditional RPG, but instead of having just, like, this, you know, bland, empty world that, like, you go to the overworld and there's tiny little cities and you just walk very quickly between them, it was like, oh, man, you actually have to walk through the world to get to these places, which, like, at the time was a cool idea, But, like, then you had all these other games come out that were like, oh, we're going to do that too. And it's just like you have all these empty worlds, like what you were saying about um, Red Dead Redemption, is that, like, sure, it's big, but there's nothing to do there. (laughs) Yeah, I just kind of think that it's become, like, expected. There's been so many popular games, and I'm not even going to say that those games did it wrong, but that they did it well enough that it's become, like, such an expectation that every game has to like cram it in whether it's worth it or not. Yeah, I that, I definitely yeah. see that because there's definitely open world games where I play today where I feel like it doesn't need to be this big and it doesn't and there's very little to do in this open world where I don't it doesn't justify it for me because games like Sleeping Dogs where yes it is it is fun to drive around Hong Kong and see the sights and everything and there are collectibles throughout the open world but I'm basically just using the open world just to get from one mission to another. And when, in reality, the story, you could just cut out that whole open world and and go from level one straight to level two to level three, et cetera, et cetera. Remember levels in games? The Lego games got really bad about this, I remember. Where, like, there was, like, a hub world where it was just, like, here's a list of levels, and then also there's a couple of cool things to do around and it slowly turned into the hub world is this open world and you have to explore and find the next levels and you have to do stuff to unlock them and i was like i don't i don't want to do that that's I just really wanna, just give me the level and give me stuff to mess around with but don't make me mess around with stuff to play that's the rest really of the game. interesting actually because that cha- from what i've noticed that changes from every lego game because um so like lego marvel superheroes had um Basically, it starts you out in level one, and then it goes to the open world, and then you go to the open world to go to the next mission, and and so on. But there's also, 
let's say like Lego Batman 3, where it has open worlds and different hub worlds you can go to, but the, but the story missions are also separate. You can do the story missions and then you get access to the open world. It, it really depends on, e- on each game. I've, I've yet to play the latest Lego game, which I think is another Marvel game. But uh, I, think it's, I think it follows that same system where you do the story first and then you get access to all these open worlds. I think um, another thing that's interesting about this is uh, you're talking about like how much involvement is required in order to play a game. On the one hand, you have all these like deep immersive games that are coming out. Like I'm not even going to start on like Skyrim, but even just like the average game like Super Mario Odyssey or whatever, is way more involved than, like, games used to be. But you also have so many more of them. So it's like, how do you get the time these days to invest in games? Whereas my strategy currently is basically, eh, don't play games. <laughs> Same. Um, like, if I, if I don't have the time to invest in, like, one game, or if I don't have the time to invest the level of, you know, investment that, I would like to put into a game if I'm going to play it. If I can't do that for all of the games, then I guess I just give up. I think, like, there's definitely, like, a much less strong push games have to, like, complete them. Like, Mario Odyssey, for example, right? Mario Odyssey has four, like, endings. And not, like, endings like, oh, a split past story, but, like, four parts of the game where it's like, hey you reached a milestone that you could consider the end of the game. Here are there's the credits. Like, yeah. Like, like there's, <laughs> there's, like, the story one, the main story one, but then there's also, like, different tiers as you get closer and closer to getting every single piece of content in the game. And so it's like, I think there's sort of a pullback of, you can play as much of this game as you have time for. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, 100% is if you're really invest- invested in this game in particular. Like, I'm not going to 100% Breath of the Wild. I'm going to play a lot of it, but I'm not going to try to get every little thing in it because I'm not, I'm, I've been enjoying it, but I'm not that invested in it to do that. Whereas with Mario Odyssey, I was really invested in it and I wanted to get everything in the game, yeah. even if it ended up being a little tedious at the end. I was just that invested in the game in particular. And so I think there's the, there's more of a push to try to say like needs to people making games are saying doing 100% of a game needs to once again become something that like not most people do and we need to stop trying to encourage people to do it by leaving out all this exclusive stuff to 100%ing the game because i feel like the rewards for like getting 100% completion on a game have decreased partially because like you know, if you make it a special cutscene, everyone's just going to look it up on the internet. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's harder to save content. It's harder to keep content secret for the purposes yeah. of, like, oh, this is a reward if you beat the whole game, if you get everything. So I think in general, like, we're just going to stuff content in the game so that any reasonable player will have stuff to do until they're ready to stop playing the game. Because for most games... It doesn't matter if you keep playing it. You just got to buy it and then not like complain about it and enjoy it enough to buy the next one. So it it's not like super important that every single person play every single thing in every single game. Just that there's enough content that wherever anybody goes in the game and wants to do, they have stuff to do until they don't want to play the game anymore. And I think that's a shift from like the the GameCube uh, PS1, uh, Xbox era, where, like, this 100% completion is something that was more, not necessarily expected, but, like, more rewarded of, like, hey, we're trying to make this feasible for pretty much any player who's, like, at all invested in the game. Yeah. Like, Crash Bandicoot comes to mind as, like, a game series where, like, they had very specific rewards for getting 100% completion, and that was, like, part of the game. So I think I think that's sort of like the the shift in focus that they've had as open world. There's just stuff always everywhere. Um, has sort of cemented its place in the the standards of AAA gaming. I have a question. Does anybody else get like slightly anxious when there's too much like to explore? Is that just <laughs> me? Because I I like it's not it's not like. 
terrifying freeze in my tracks type of thing where I'm like, oh god, there's so much to there, do. There is some... It's more just like, uh, There is a, sometimes... I want to do everything. There is sometimes where it gets overwhelming, but then that's when I just decide, oh, what am I going to spend my time with collecting? Or, like, what, like, what missions am I going to do? Because... I want to, like, say in the Lego game, I want to spend my time getting the red bricks because then it goes help change the, the way the game is played. But then I don't want to get every single gold brick because I don't, I don't see any incentive or reward to get to get every single one other than a fountain at every game that gives you more money, which is pointless because by that time I already unlocked everything, so the money is useless. <laughs> I guess uh, for me, like, it's um, games like Sonic where the focus is on like oh you gotta go fast um like i could never get into it like the original sonic games because i was like well i want to explore like i want to run around like i hated like any sort of timed level Mm -hmm. in the original mario like the original original mario it's like don't give me this timed level like i want to i want to check stuff out i want to like try things i don't want to have to like play the game over and over and over and over and over in order to do so i want to just like let me take my time explore the level um and i guess that kind of factors into open world games especially now that so many games are like quest based it's like this isn't an mmo it why is this why do you have this weird quest system because it kind of like pushes you through this open world they give you this great big place where you can go and explore but it's like well you go from here to here and then back, and then you go from there to there and then back. I just want to go and explore and see this world that you have without, like, I guess being railroaded or whatever. So, like, I can understand what you're saying. Like, I want to explore at my pace. So I get anxious when it's like, hey, you got to go on this mission. It's like, well, no, but I want to go there. <laughs> There's definitely, like, a point where you get, like, choice fatigue, right? Of, like, how, how like, it's like, you you're, like... How many times does the game make you decide between doing two or more things, like as you're playing? Like it's like, oh, I'm running along. Oh, there's a thing over there. Well, I'm gonna or you and you decide. Okay, I'm gonna stay on the main path and keep going. Or oh, I'm gonna do this. And like how? So you need like you know it needs to be controlled in such a way that you're only making like you're only given other options every once in a while. Yeah. And when you're pursuing one option pretty intently, there's not like a bunch of distractions. So like. I think it's good in get where games have like cities and like oh I need something to do I'm going to go to a city where I have a lot of options of stuff to do but then if it's a type of game where it like keeps stopping you while you're out exploring the world it's like like if I'm just in the world I don't need like a million side quests like I'm clearly out here doing something yeah. like there's a reason I'm out here but if I'm just messing around in a city then like maybe I need to be told something to do or I'm just going to get bored in this city and the idea is that, like, you have these hubs of, like, where you can expect the choices to come up. And you can collect you can collect things to do, especially if you have, like, a quest log. And then you can just sort of cycle through them and address each of them. Um, but it's also good to have, like, options every once in a while. Because, like, if that way, if something is bothering you or you're, like, not having a good time at something, you can just be like, well, I'm just going to go do this instead. Because I'm not having fun with this right now. Yeah. But, like, I would say, like, in Breath of the Wild, which, spoiler alert, everyone, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild this month, so I'm going to make a lot of comparisons. And I'm sorry, I know you've been hearing about this game (laughs) forever, but that's just where I am. Like, there there were times where I was frustrated, where I was, like, out doing something, and I just kept running into trials. And I was like, I I need, like, I need, I can't just ignore these little trial things, which are just, like, if you haven't played the game, they're just, like, these little mini dungeons that are just sort of scattered around the map that you can see and it's like i don't want to like now i have to remember that and i have to deal with it and i either have to stop what i'm doing and go complete a puzzle challenge which might be fun but it's gonna like put a roadblock in what i'm doing or i have to ignore it and like find some time to come back to it later and so sometimes like there were certain parts of the game where there were a bunch clustered together and i was like i'm just trying to walk to this tower so i can see what the map is here but I don't want to have to, like, go back and do all of these, like, remember to do all these trials later. So I keep doing them as I go. Yeah. And at that point, it can get a little frustrating. So I, I think it, it you have to, like, you know, it's a balance. you got to figure out what your player is going to be doing in any given space. 
and how many options they need and what they're sort of looking for and make sure that there's enough stuff that they can shift gears if they need to, but not that they're constantly having to decide um, what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And I think that that is a big problem when you take a bunch of games where the open world design is just smacked on there because they think that that's what will sell the game. Yeah. It's a good tagline, so we put it in there. And so then when they don't know how to handle that, either it becomes super linear where it's like, there's all, even though there's a giant open world, there's only ever one thing to do, so you just go do that thing. Yeah. Or there's a million things to do. Um, you know, you have the, like, especially any game that has, like, auto-generated quests, I'm like, no, those aren't going to be good. They're, they're, it's just going to be go collect this thing, and you'll have your place that you go collect that thing. And it's not going to be, it's not new content. Yeah. It's just the same content with a different name. Um, that's when it feels like it's like, okay, you just did this because it was a bullet point. Like you could say endless content when it's like, yeah, I guess technically, <laughs> but like, I'd rather have design, like a limited set of designed content than an unlimited set of just boring auto-generated content. How many games have we 100%ed? I guess the thing is, you know, for me again, uh, it's been so long like there was a, a point in my history, but you know it's like twenty years ago now that uh, you know I used to care about that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> like I, I think I've talked on the podcast before that there was a period in my life where I didn't own the Nintendo sixty four, so I kept playing my old uh, Super Nintendo games, and I tried to get to max level in like Soul Blazer. Like you can beat the game at level 20 very easily but like i'm I'm just sitting here like replaying final fantasy 4 again final fantasy 6 again so i'm like okay i'm gonna go through soul blazer and then i'm gonna try to get to max level and i would just spend hours just killing like i would walk this very specific path kill all the monsters go back start it over again and like what what is this why am i doing this why am i i came to find out that the max level wasn't 99 it was 50 which is lucky for me. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and like, I, I don't think it actually even made you stronger or anything <laughs> that like they capped out your strength, like, you know, 15 levels ago wow. or whatever, but that was, uh, the lengths of my boredom. Uh, but yeah, it, that was a long time ago. So I remember last year I 100% at sleeping dogs and that's when I realized, wow, this game is, all open world collectibles that have nothing to do with the main story. Like the only thing you can do in the open world is just like go, is like go to your um, um karate instructor and just get more up combat upgrades. Then, but even then, it's just like that's just one area that you can get combat upgrades in this giant open world. So I have to backtrack back there whenever a new one becomes available, which is tedious. The only thing that matters is that I've completed both Hotable Boyfriend games to completion. <laughs> like completed both of them that's all that matters you've completed them both to completion yes exactly i've also uh i i was doing a thing where i was going through and kind of just seeing if i could collect all the achievements for um some of the didelic games that i have and like other adventure games that i have because it'd be easy i technically 100%ed both Deponia and uh, Chaos on Deponia, but um, there was a glitch and I couldn't get the one of the last achievements for Chaos on Deponia because the game is weird. I have the complete Journey Edition, so like it's all three games. So I don't know if it's just that or if it's the game itself. I technically completed Amnesia Memories brought to you, mm. but that's also glitched. Ah. <laughs> So I couldn't get two two achievements, one of them being for getting all of the achievements. <laughs> my dog ate my achievements. Pretty much. I was really upset because I spent so long on that stupid game. My and then also I have completed, I have 100% completed all the Blackwell games. Those are good games. But I've, I've also uh, completed 2064 and uh, Night of the Rabbit. That's it. Mm, yes, oh, you do talk about the game a lot. <laughs> I don't talk about Night of the Rabbit very much, but it is one of my favorite games. It's from the same studio that made Deponia. The characters are a lot more likable. <laughs> and you're not oh. on a trash planet. 
I think Depo- the point of Deponia is that the characters aren't supposed to be that likeable. Everything about those games is trash, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you guys feel about some listener questions? Yay. Fire away. Yeah. Our questions today come from a game called Superfan. Ermom is a boss. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the first question that we have, uh, we'll see how many we can get through uh, before the podcast needs to end. But the first question that we have is, uh, if you were to cosplay as any video game character, who would it be? If you Or if you have cosplayed as someone before, who was it? Um, I have never cosplayed. I did cosplay once ages ago as quote from Cave Story. <laughs> I don't think I even have any pictures. It was a crummy cosplay. Which one is that? It's the main character of okay. Cave Story. I, I don't remember the names. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that that was a narrative-based game that I should have been paying attention to the story of, Jetty? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's the name of the main character. I would love to cosplay Jill from Valhalla or uh, Alma because she has blonde hair. and dope. Oh, here it is. Actually, hold on. I did accidentally... Uh, do a cosplay one time. I'm gonna send you guys the picture here in a second. Okay. I've always wanted to do um, Ryu from Street Fighter. I don't know. I have I have like a karate uniform. I think it'll be fun to like tear that thing up like from the from the sleeves and not the feet. And just like so. Sorry. Uh, comically enough, um, uh, a friend of mine from high school did basically that because <laughs> um, he was in you know Taekwondo or whatever, and he was graduating he was like going to be leaving so he was like okay we're going to mega con and i'm just going to tear the sleeves off we actually had like a lot of trouble getting it not to look fake like to try to get it like you know quote realistic mm-hmm. and like trying to find like what methods make it look raggedy without looking like obviously you just took scissors to this thing yes i, I support you uh in your <laughs> yeah i think i'm just gonna like literally like put a hole in it with scissors and like on each end and then just and then just take it and just tear it myself or not i could yeah. just do the um cartoony notches between them because i kind of like that look too i see what you're saying that like uh you get it started and then you rip it i think that would probably work mm. okay I'm, I'm uploading accidental cosplay dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> so wow i do really wonder if the people who made this game saw me the previous time I was in Japan, <laughs> because I had hair like that and glasses like that at the time that I went previously. So it's like, did they see me? Then make a game about Honestly, me. Honestly, if you, if you had a feather in your hat, you probably could get away with suing them. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally me. I would love to cosplay any number of characters. I might name this podcast Accidental Cosplay.jpg. <laughs> <laughs> I give you permission. Uh, just to can you, uh, to answer for me, it's probably something for Mega Man. Let's be honest. Like I could pretend, we could pretend, but like let's be real. Something for Mega Man. Whatever, whatever would be feasible. Doctor um, Light. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the other, another question that, uh, our good game Cole super fan, uh, sent us, uh, sort of in the same vein, uh, what do you believe would be the hardest specifically Final Fantasy character to cosplay as? And that gives us a lot. There's a lot of Final Fantasy. I don't know Um, anything about Final Fantasy. Sephiroth's final form. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like you could just be like, yeah, like a monster that does not. A monster does not do super great. That wasn't a sentence, but I think you understand what I meant by it. Um, um, I guess I would say the more recent games have more realistic characters wearing more realistic clothes. But there was a period in the like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era where they were just like going wild with the like outfits. So probably anything between like 7 and like... 11, I guess? Or no, 11 wasn't too bad. 10. Yeah, like anything 7 to 10, uh, half the characters are wearing such ridiculous outfits. I think in 7, you could just, like, tape a bunch of cardboard boxes to the effect. <laughs> I was literally thinking that. <laughs> Google it. There we go. Yep. <laughs> I searched for 
accurate Final Fantasy VII cosplay. <laughs> uh, and it does actually come up with some great examples. If you guys want, you can search yourselves. I'm sure you can. Hey, guys, I have an important question. <laughs> what video games have you been playing in recent times? What are video games? The Webster Dictionary defines videos game <laughs> as... Videos game? Is that what you said? <laughs> the videos. The videos game. Videos game. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, um, past month, um, in my free time, my friends and I came out, uh, my friends came over to my apartment and we played Indiana Jones in the Emperor's Tomb it, for the original Xbox. I don't know why when you said that, but for some reason, I thought you were going to finish that as Indiana Jones and the Emperor's New Groove. Was, that's not a thing. I don't think they would make that. <laughs> I <laughs> I played the Emperor's New New Groove game a, a lot as a kid too, so that would be a great crossover. Yeah, now um, Emperor's Tomb was a uh, really hard. It has um it has a really challenging amount of puzzles throughout throughout of it, but uh, um the fights though the fist fights, the control is very stiff. So it's like when you're moving around, it's a pain, and the platforming sections can be a bit of a pain because it doesn't move exactly where you want it because original Xbox controller is a brick. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but um the fight the fight scenes though actually feel like a real like Indiana Jones fight. It's rough, it's slow, and it's very grating on, on you to both to both play and like whenever you get hit it feels like oh god I'm I've been knocked down and then I don't know for some it do, sometimes it, it feels like a real fight but then it goes into like Street Fighter level bull, it hit, <laughs> they hit me in the air once and then they do like a a combo on me while I'm in midair. And and I gain more and more air with every hit. I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> this is not Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, is this guilty gear? Yeah, it was weird. But then I I don't know. I I did I did something. I think I found out. Like you have two buttons for attacking. You have one to punch with the left hand and one to punch with the right hand. But if you hit both at the same time, that's what grabs the enemy. And it depend, <laughs> which is weird enough already. But what's even weirder is that no, uh, which direction the enemy is facing, you grab it a different way. You grab them a different way. I think if you like hold, if you don't do anything while they grab, Indy, Indy just throws them across the room no matter what. But then if you if you grab and then you hit the left the left punch button, he punches them a couple times and then and then he knees them, which is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of murder in this game, which you gotta think about. Like, a lot of in-world, cold-blooded murder. <laughs> I'm like, this is a man that digs up artifacts. Yeah. Like, at least in the movies, it's like, you could qualify it as self-defense, and they're mostly Nazis that you're fighting. <laughs> but, literally in the game, it's unquestionable cold-blooded murder. That <laughs> You're just sneaking up behind a guy, you pull out, pull out Indy's revolver, and BANG! Right off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> and you can't grab enemies with the whip, which is disappointing. That's very dumb. What? <laughs> That's half the point. Yeah, like, what's the, even the point of a whip? If I mean, you use them to stun the enemies and to swing. Yeah, but, okay, but actually, though, why would you put a whip in the game if you can't do cool whip stuff with it? Yeah, I mean, and let's be realistic, if you... if. If you actually had to whip somebody, like, with the amount of times Indy does in that game, like, to stun them, that would not just stun them. That would rip them in half. <laughs> His whip-throwing muscles are, like, just solid. Like, none of these other arm muscles are anything, but just specifically the ones for whipping are super buff. Just whip an entire rock in half. It's really, it's really weird, though, because... The the normal enemy fights are hard as hell because the AI is actually pretty smart. Because like if you see like a dagger on the ground, they'll come and pick it up, or they'll knock you down, and then your weapon will be knocked out of your hand, and then they'll grab it and attack you with it. So that alone is challenging. But the bosses are way too easy. Like um, the first boss is an al a giant albino crocodile <laughs> for some reason, but <laughs> okay. but literally all you have to do is swim to one. Swim to the side room, and then close the gate. It's gone for the rest of the, for the rest of the level. <laughs> and then the second boss is a kraken, which is a little bit tougher. But you have to um, just basically put bombs on pillars, and then the pillars collapse, and then the kraken is scared away. So they're more like 
puzzle they battles. Are, they are more puzzle battles, but it's, I don't know, it's like considering how hard the comp, the actual combat is, you would think the actual bosses would be, would have tougher puzzles to figure out. But yeah, game's fun. Six out of ten. <laughs> I have been playing Stardew Valley after a very long time time of just not really playing any video games also um kingdom uh new lands i've been playing that a lot what is what is kingdom new land it's a game where you (laughs) are a cleaner king and you are trying to build an empire you start off by making a small camp recruiting people with money that you picked up off the ground and then these people will either hunt for you or they will build stuff for you And as you expand, you can also get farmers and knights to destroy these portals where these evil things called greed, greeds, are coming out of to steal your shit. Like your coins and your people's bows and hammers and stuff. Like, they just take them and then they start taking your people's coins. It's a good game. It's kind of hard. I'm not very good at it. But it's, (laughs) it's, it's fun to play if you're kind of just looking for something to do. It's a strategy game. Is it like real time strategy or turn based? It neither. I don't know. I don't play strategy. Maybe it was the wrong thing to say that. I don't know. They have me like second guessing. I'm just like, oh no, is that a good way to describe? It might be more of a simulation then. I don't know. Let me look at the uh, tags. No, it's a strategy. <laughs> strategy, okay. pixel graphics, survival, and D2D. Those are all the tags that I see. I don't know if there's anything. I've been playing that stupid. Harry Potter game. Oh, yeah. I've seen Diana tweeting about that, where everyone just hates her. Let me just say, um, I wrote an article recently, and most of what I say in this has to do with that game. Most of the things (laughs) I'm saying have to do with this game. It is another installment in my freaking wasting money on games (laughs) mini-series. I did see that come in. I've heard so many mixed things about that. Like some people on my campus, like one that's like an avid like Harry Potter fan, is like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever! I love it so much." And then someone who actually plays games like a lot just goes like, "This is like one of the worst things I've ever seen." No, it's in my life. terrible. Oh my god, I love it, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> what's the What's the name of it? Hogwarts Mystery. Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. It takes place at the same time as, like, Harry was dropped on a doorstep. Like, that's that's pretty much the time frame. It's like he's a year old and has been dropped on the doorstep of his evil aunt and uncle. Uh, and then you're just a new Hogwarts student. And everyone hates you. I think that's the plot. Yeah, everyone hates you because of something your brother did. It was fun to see that because Ollivander's like, I remember what your brother has. Like, I don't have a brother. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, like, Diana keeps posting these clips of her, like, they're saying, like, uh, I can't believe you're making us lose the house cup. And, like, she, it goes yeah. to, like, the leaderboards and she has the most points. Exactly. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. It's so dumb. Ugh. Yeah, no, um, there are certain dialogue options you can't choose unless you have a high enough, like, score in a different skill or whatever like there's courage uh, empathy and wisdom or something like that and one of the things was like one of the options was like oh yeah send me to do it but i couldn't choose it because i didn't have enough like wisdom or whatever and the prefect was like yeah unlike you i'm willing to like stick my neck out for other ravenclaws i'm like okay <laughs> whatever now by points, do you mean number of dollars in your bank account? Like, does it make you pay to, like... No, get, like... it does make you pay. And I'm not going to say how much I've spent, but it's a considerable <laughs> amount because I'm impatient and stupid. But no, this is something different. You have to pay for energy, which actually comes from gems, which are the in-game currency. One of the two in-game currencies. Gems are the ones that you can buy. It's awful. <laughs> What do you even do in it? What do you, like, do in this video game? <laughs> you are a Hogwarts student. You do stuff. You learn <laughs> You learn spells. You learn how to ride a broom. You fight with a Slytherin. Is it like Persona, but without the actual video game in it? I've never played Persona. I cannot give. It's It, it sounds like it's, like, the city parts of Persona, but without the, like, RPG analog that it, like, helps with. It probably. I guess some people would be into that, but I feel like there needs to be like a payoff. It yeah, doesn't sound it's, like there's any sort of payoff. Um, there's a story, especially if everybody's just always yelling at you. There's, the, yeah, <laughs> there's a story behind it. 
but like, eh. It, it <laughs> mostly has to do, the first year, because I finished the first year, um, has to do with finding out about some cursed vault and like finding, because th- that's why uh, your brother was expelled was because he was looking for the cursed vault and like I guess he went crazy. Then he ran away from home and you're just like, well, now I gotta know. It turns out he was the cursed vault the, the whole time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 okay. If I wanted to play a Harry Potter video game, I would play Quidditch World Cup because that was actually fun. <laughs> but um, it's a game. Do you think? Is there any Mini Metro? I've also been playing again. It's a fun little puzzle game. Um, you, you heard me say this earlier, but I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast that I was going to borrow it from a friend. If you're curious, I've gotten to the end game. I've beaten the four main sort of things. Um, and now I'm just, you know, collecting other stuff before I have to give the game back. And then when I have to give, right before I have to give the game back, I'll go like beat the game. Um, it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. I definitely, the, I had a lot of people who said like, thought I wouldn't like it. And I'm glad that they were wrong. <laughs> And, I mean, I'm sure, like, it'll come up a lot in, like, discussions because it, it relates to a lot of gaming topics, like when we were talking about open world. So I won't go too far into it. But I've been enjoying it. Um, I have not played, I have not touched Advanced Wars 2 since I last talked about it on the podcast because of that stupid level that I refused to beat. So, also, I've been trying to, I've been spending all of my time on Breath of the Wild because I want to get as much of that game done before I have to give it back. So... Um, that's sort of where, where I've been. Would you put Breath of the Wild on the same level as Mario as a very good video game? It is a very good video game, yes. <laughs> it's not as much my jam as, like, Mario is at its core, but I have been enjoying it a lot. I don't play a lot of Zelda. It's just, like, not something that has come across my radar a lot. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not into it as much as I'm into Mario, where I've played, like, all of them. So there's, there's a certain just, like, personal taste and experience um, going into that, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely like just with the Switch, like being able to like record dumb things that happen to me and show them to people later. I'm thinking once I finish, then I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to get them all put together and just like make a video that's just like all of the clips that I've recorded and like maybe give them dumb names and just sort of like chronicle my adventure. But yeah, so that's but it's it's been a lot of fun. I won't talk about it much more because. You've all, everyone's heard everything about Breath of the Wild. No one needs to hear any more about that game, um, unless it is specifically asked of me. Jetty, did you did you have a video game that you've been playing, or should we just wrap things up? Um, actually, I have been uh, playing Dragon Warrior Four again. Mm. I've kind of been going into into it as like a um, case study of sorts. Like I've been looking. I don't know. To me, it's interesting to look at how they did a lot of the things, like um, what colors they chose. Because what kind of inspired me is I was looking at the sprites and I was like, why is it that the earlier games used like a like a peach tan sort of color for like the faces and hands and stuff? But Dragon Warrior 4, unless they explicitly have a character who has white hair, they always use white for the face, like just the flat 255 white. And like the more that I look at it, I start to notice like, oh, they're trying to avoid colors that they like to use on the background in the like sprites and stuff like i don't know it's it's interesting to me to go back and look at the game from a development perspective or like a, a storytelling perspective like what was it about this like they did a lot of unique things like you get to play as a merchant for a bit um which was always like my favorite when i originally played which is also funny because it's slightly pointless to actually play as the merchant for like any extended period of time uh you're only required to do it like once and i don't think you're even actually required to sit there and actually do it the full day but they they had a lot of innovation for what they could do on the original nintendo neat yep exactly now remind me is uh dragon quest warrior 4 uh is that the fourth one uh i believe so okay because sometimes it's not. Looking at you, Final yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm pretty sure that at that time, uh, it was before they had any of the spinoff series, um, and they didn't skip any when they brought them to America, so four is a four. Although the, uh, the aforementioned merchant guy did get his own game series, which, by the way, uh, led to uh, my other favorite, uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, was it? It was spun off into Mystery Dungeon. It's it was spun off into what turned into Mystery Dungeon. Hmm. Originally, 
what was his name, Tulun in American. He was Torneko in J- Japanese, I believe. And he got his big adventure, which was like a mystery dungeon-esque game. And then they like basically sold the system off uh, to become what turned into Mystery Dungeon. Hmm. Have you beaten Mystery Dungeon? Yes, the original one. I did beat it. Okay. I, just, I, I know you've talked about it a bunch, but I don't know if we ever like debriefed on it. It's a little late for it now, but maybe maybe next time we'll, we can talk about it. <laughs> but I think it's about time to wrap things up unless anybody else has anything to say. There's a lot of games that I was like, oh, wow, I should play it, but I haven't done that. <laughs> when I left college, I was just like, I'll have more time to write and play video games. And then that just didn't happen. <laughs> don't say that. I feel like I'm about to do that same thing. Oh, no, it's going to happen. I think that's always <laughs> the funny thing is when everyone's like, oh yeah, after college, I'm going to do this and that. And then it's like, hey, work. <laughs> it's not even that. It's more just like, I don't want to do anything ever. Yeah, I know that. So good. Well, on that lovely note. <laughs> um, after that little. Uh. Thank you for listening to the Game Cola podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, or on our YouTube channel, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net, to find all sorts of video game-related articles, videos, and all that some such. Be sure to check us out on whatever source that you are not listening to the podcast on currently. If you want to stay up to date with all the cool things that Game Cola is doing, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, mm. um, and you can get cool updates from Anna, uh, who, you, who you heard. And from hearing her tonight, you will definitely, you should definitely... See what she has to do running the social media. The last time the I posted queen. was on uh, Game Cold's birthday. <laughs> hey, that was good though, because no one else. Did. Hey, <laughs> I saw Paul's um, tweet and I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, you can also find us on iTunes if you want to listen to the podcast that way or through the podcast app. Uh, if you do, please uh, leave us a review and rate us highly. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, if you can do that it helps people find the podcast another thing you can do is share the podcast with your friends so if you think that they like it because word of mouth is like sort of the main way that podcasts like this sort of expand and get distributed another thing you can do is if you want to send us questions like we read out today on the podcast you can do so by emailing podcast at gamecola.net we will read your question on the podcast and use it as a discussion topic uh, I think that's it. I think I said all the things that I'm supposed to say. If you want to find out more about me, you can find me on jedcola.net. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at jd.net. That's the letter J, the letter D, the word dot, the word net. <laughs> JJJ dot jetty jed jedder <laughs> at, jed, at jedman dot jed. Slash totally <laughs> <Yeah>. real. <laughs> um, thank you again for listening. Uh, Have a lovely time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast. And we will see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. that oh well somebody's backing Uh, up i thought that was a fire (laughs) alarm (laughs) yeah sam i was about to say jenny are you okay (laughs) yeah um i i often actually mistake that it happens at the same time every night there's somebody with like a uh like a like a work truck who backs into a parking space and uh pretty much every night i'm like (laughs) oh 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 oh." no it's just them again um, but One anyway, there's gonna be a real fire in um, Bat and I. You're gonna be like, it's just <laughs> that truck. Yeah, now we know the perfect time. I'm sure he's backing up for a while. Jenny's house. <laughs> <laughs> At exactly 8:35 p.m. Um, but yeah, the uh, most games are like way more involved than games used to be. So like, you have more choice, but at the same time. Actually, I should probably yeah. wait for this police car to go by. So I, you so know, many noises. I was, I was driving today, and Christina was like, "Hey, you want to get out of the way for the police car?" I was like, "Oh, I just completely ignore that sound. I hear it so often. I live across the street from a hospital, so it's like, oh yeah, sirens. Okay, sure. <laughs> and it's like, oh right, I'm driving." <laughs>
This edition like, of the Game Caller Podcast is brought um, to you by crime. <laughs> or injuries. Yeah, it's a hospital. It's a hospital. There could be crimes yeah. related um, to hospitalization, though, so... Maybe it's yeah, yeah. illegal injuries. Whoa. You're I not allowed to do that. I have several <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> but, um... Sorry, what was I saying? 